Welcome to Attention Talk Radio, your ADHD information station where we help those with ADHD pay attention to attention. With your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Topper. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to this edition of Attention Talk Radio. I'm your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Copper. Our topic tonight, ADHD, understanding it, getting it, and the aha. And with us in our virtual studio is Dr. Ari Tuckman. It is ADHD Awareness Month. Uh, we're going to get into the content of the show, uh, but before we do, we've got a few announcements. Uh, real quickly, everybody, this is ADHD Awareness Month, and we're trying to make you aware uh, we spent a lot of time on our content of our shows for this particular month, and we're delving into some topics I think that are a little bit unique to kind of create some awareness. Uh, real quickly, the 2019 Annual International Conference on ADHD is around the corner. It's November the 7th through the 9th in the Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. It's a spectacular event. Um, if you're anywhere close to Philadelphia, D.C., New York, Boston, um, it's really not that difficult to get there. It's your opportunity to go and uh, – and be with your tribe to learn a lot and to mingle. Uh, we, we're proud of our content on Attention Talk Radio, uh, and you can get great content at these, sometimes even better content. But the biggest reason you go is to be with the people, the tribe, ask the question, and get immersed in the experience. You can sign up for the conference by going to chadd.com. Um, also, our show tonight is being brought to you by CHAD, that's Children and Adults with Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder. And uh, in celebration, we're offering um, – free copies of Attention Magazine, two of them to be exact. All you need to do is listen to our show. Uh, we'll be sharing a secret word a couple times in the show. Write it down. Listen to another show. Write a second keyword down and email us. Our email address is attention at attentiontalkradio.com, and when we receive that, I'll fire it off to Chad. They will send you a current edition of uh, Attention Magazine and a next, next copy in a PDF format when um, it is released. Um, our show tonight is being brought to you by Chad. We have a tip, um, actually a promo for the conference that we're going to run, and then we'll get into the media show. So here we go. Join Chad at the 2019 Annual International Conference on ADHD in Philadelphia, November 7 to 9. Where else can you learn the latest tools, treatments, and strategies to help manage ADHD? Share insights with old and new friends and take home new ideas and action plans to help you or your child thrive with ADHD. Register today at chad.org. Thanks again, Chad, for your continued support. For those that are not aware, Chad is the largest not-for-profit organization that advocates on behalf of those with ADHD. Um, we, uh, we're a big believer that uh, if you're, you're a listener of ours, we, would, uh, we think that you could benefit from being a member or donating. Um, it's important to... Um, that Chad be on a strong financial footing because they advocate for us. Um, there's a lot of great member benefits if you sign up. Uh, learn more about them today by going to chadd.org. Okay, uh, I want to get into the show. Our, these shows this month are actually pre-recorded, so we can get the the, the content uh, down pat and line straight. So we are going to roll the tape. Hopefully, you'll uh, gain some awareness and um, hope you enjoy the show. Dr. Ari Tuckman is a clinical psychologist who specializes in diagnosing and treating children, teens, and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. He is the author of four books, including his newest one, ADHD After Dark, Better Sex Life, Better Relationships. He's a frequent speaker and has given more than 350 presentations on ADHD and other topics. He has over 100 episodes 
and more than 2 million downloads of his More Attention, Less Deficit podcast. He's the former member of the National Board of CHAD and their current chair uh, for their conference. More information is available at adultadhdbook.com. Dr. Tuckman, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me back. Oh, everyone, this is the end of ADHD Awareness Month in 2019. Uh, we've had a lot of great shows um, on Attention Talk Radio. Uh, we've done a few um, talking about, you know, the negative forces. We talked about what uh, what would ADHD be like if we looked at it as a dopamine addiction. Uh, then we took a look at comparing managing ADHD and managing addiction. And um, in those shows, we kind of talked about the uh, the realization and some awareness and the I get it type of a thing. And this is actually one of those shows I had to have I had to do it with Dr. Tuckman because he's the only guy that can kind of do this. But I've been trying to understand the difference between when somebody uh, all of a sudden gets it. And so, Dr. Tuckman, I'm going to tell a story. I'm coaching this woman. She's taking photography classes, feng shui classes, website classes, all kinds of classes. And I keep mirroring to her, wow, you like to learn, you like to learn, you like to learn, you like to learn. It's like Groundhog Day. She keeps coming in and talking about some stuff, and we're going around and around in circles, and I'm trying to help her understand her passion. I'm like, I think that you really like to learn, so you know, where's the learning and stuff? And at the time, it was early in my career, I didn't really realize is that at, the, at first that she kept taking these classes thinking she had to turn it into a business. And so I'm really helping her get aware and kind of get that, you know, it's, her world is really about learning. That's, that's, she's addicted to learning. That's like what happened. So one day she says, listen, I'm going to have to cancel our, our next call because I'm going to be in Italy. And I said, really, does that mean that you're going to move there? And she said, no, why would I do that? I said, well, why do you have to start a business if you're a photographer? Right. And literally, I, this is no lie. It was dead silent, dead silent for 90 seconds. And she goes, oh. And then three minutes later, I go, is our work done? She said, yep. I'm like, we had talked about the learning stuff. And it just, in that moment, like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. She said she was going to Italy. I said, why are you going to go there? She said, I'd like to learn about the culture and all that kind of stuff. That's what prompted me to say, are you going to move there? And I was just sitting there. I mean, literally, it had been nine months. I'm coaching another woman who had sold um, uh, dresses in Manhattan, uh, high-end type stuff, making, I don't know, a quarter million dollars. And she moved to the middle of nowhere, and all of a sudden her business was down like $5,000. And I was mirroring back, you know, it's the people. You always do it with, with people around, people around, people around. And you and I and other shows have talked about voice activated just inside. And like I'm mirroring, like, you're always successful with people, always successful with people. And one day I'm talking to her, and I'm like, you know, it sounds to me like your business is you need to get up. You need your own people. I mean, you're at the house. And she's like, yeah, yeah, I need to kind of do that. And, and I'm like, okay, well, you know, let's, you want me coaching on it? And she just kept talking about how she needed to do it. Well, one day it kind of came up and I said, you know, maybe you need to hire somebody to come to the house. And she said, you know, what's it going to, it's going to cost me money to do that. And I'm saying, yeah, but what's it costing you not to do it? Anyway, right. again, it's like Groundhog Day. Every time we talk, it's about, it's, we, there's a huge track record of success when there's people around and now she's isolated. So one day, I'm coaching her, and and literally, I, I, what's that noise in the background? Oh, it's a Joseph. It's really? Who's Joseph? Yeah, I hired a college student to come in on Mondays, Tuesdays, and Thursdays from 9 to noon while I'm making my cold calls. I said, really? What's he do? He just sits at the dining room doing his homework. Like three months later, her income was back up to $100,000, and she was like knocking the cover off the ball. And I was like, 
it's funny. My point really is, is like you're talking to them, you're talking to them, talking to them, and it's really kind of not sinking in. And I wanted to get your thoughts. It's kind of like it's like this analytical just words, but when it gets emotional, that's the thing that trips it over. Now, how you make it emotional, I don't necessarily know. But I'm kind of wondering, have you seen that? Because I'm, I'm on the quest to figure out how you get people to have the aha when they're saying the words, but their language isn't like happening. So maybe just talk right. around it, your experiences. Like this is like nailing jello to a wall, but thoughts? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, this is the magic, of course. Um, and there's definitely no formula to it. But I think it, I think it's a situation where, intellectual knowledge meets personal experience. You know, like I think that's the key because, you know, you can sort of throw ideas and explanations and education at someone. And it's definitely important. Like I'm a big fan of it and it certainly sets the foundation, but until someone really connects that idea and that information to what's happening in their life for good or for bad, I think it doesn't really kind of stick or sink in or change what they do next. Yeah. So everybody, just before we started this show, I told Ari that I don't know where we're going with this because I really want to, I'm here to crack the code during ADHD awareness month, but I had a hypothesis that when you go from that intellectual knowledge to emotion is what that demarcation is. And we were actually kind of talking about when a person is an alcoholic and you know, they know they shouldn't be drinking, but they're telling themselves stories, but they lose their job, they lose their family. At some point in time, it clicks, and they go to AA and say, I'm actually an alcoholic. I think it speaks to intellectually there's the knowledge, but it's the personal experience that kind of hits that emotion that crosses that line. Plausible hypothesis? Yeah, I mean, I think it is. I think it's, you know, so like for the alcoholic who – you know, loses the first job. I think they explain it away. You know, there's some reason other than my drinking. Um, they'll say, oh, the boss is kind of a jerk, or there's just a reorg coming and whatever, or it's just about politics or, you know, whatever. Like, but they come up with some reason other than I drank too much, I said stupid things at company dinners, and I showed up hungover in the morning. Um, and then it happens to the next job or then they, you know, make a fool of themselves at a, you know, neighborhood barbecue or, you know, they're getting into yet another fight with their romantic partner about it. And it becomes harder and harder to justify it as being something other than their drinking. And I think it's when they finally run out of excuses, that's when they can really sort of admit it to themselves and perhaps then commit to doing something about it. And I think for folks with ADHD, you know, it's sort of, I mean, it's like ADHD is such a part of who you are because you've always had it. It's always who you, who you've been and it will yep. always be who you are. So it sort of becomes invisible, you know, it's like you don't see it anymore. Yep. So I think when, for folks with ADHD, when it finally sinks in is when they really see how this is playing out in their life and perhaps see that they have some options, you know, like I have some ability to do this differently um, and it doesn't get tangled up in all this other kind of guilt and shame and everything else, you know, like they see I, the process, they see what they're doing and they see that they have some agency to do something different. 
I, I think that you really said something really, really powerful is um, intellectually they explain it away for a period of time. It's not really kind of connecting. They're just processing and going through the motions. And um, tell you what, let's think about that a little bit. I think we're on to something here. Let's go to break real quick. Everybody, our secret word tonight is aha. Uh, I don't care how you spell it, A-H-A, A-H-A, whatever. I don't really care. Just That's our secret word. Check out Dr. Uh, um, Tuckman's website at Adult ADHD Book. Ah, let me start over again. AdultADHDbook.com. With that, we'll be right back after these messages. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Do you worry when your child is left out? Does your child have trouble making and keeping friends? Do they act out in school? Life skills can be challenging for ADHD kids. Learn how you can be her greatest ally. Get your parenting questions answered live the first Monday of every month in a Facebook chat with former Attention Talk radio host Caroline McGuire. She's the author of the upcoming book, Why Will No One Play With Me? Go to www.carolinemaguireauthor.com to learn more. Transform lives as a professionally trained ADHD coach at the ADD Coach Academy. ADHD coaching is in demand, a calling, and a career. Learn how you can change lives by going to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. The average annual cost of attending college starts around $25,000. Students who have ADHD are at high risk of dropping out because they haven't learned the critical skills they need to succeed in school. Protect your investment with an EDGE Foundation coach, specifically trained to help students with ADHD and executive function challenge make the transition from high school to college. Visit edgefoundation.org to learn more or call 206-632-9497 and use promo code EDGE to get your free college success guide. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. Managing ADHD is about pausing before you ponder and proceed. This opportunity to practice pausing is being brought to you by digcoaching.com. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back here. We're with uh, Dr. Ari Tuckman uh, with our last show of ADHD Awareness Month 2019. <clears throat> We're having a great time. I'm learning a lot on the quest to define uh, what it is that uh, happens when a person goes from saying stuff um, to owning it, that kind of aha, where all of a sudden it takes on some different meaning. And I'm, uh, I think my hypothesis so far is there's the intellectual knowledge that often people explain away, but somehow they get in a personal experience and it gets emotional and they kind of cross that line a little bit. And, you know, Dr. Tuckman, one of the things that I'm, the reason I wanted to bring this show up and, and have a conversation is people with ADHD um, often probably need help, but they resist it. And um, I know I get calls from parents and significant others, and I'm like, well, why are you calling me, not the person? And they tell me how this person wants some help, and I'm like, I think they only want you to get off their back. Um, and they're really kind of going through the motions. They really kind of don't mean it. And I've always been trying to figure out, like, how do we kind of make that happen? And in my experience is that people with ADHD, their normal is their normal. They have nothing to compare it to. So that's what they do. They intellectually – intellectualize it and kind of explain it away because they have nothing to compare it to. I think you alluded to that a little bit before the break. So since their normal is their normal, they can't necessarily see what's different and they explain it away, which is why I don't maybe get help. Your thoughts on that? 
Um, yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, it's just sort of, I don't know, I've got this saying, however you grow up, that's normal. And, you know, of yep. course, because we know there's a lot of genetics involved in ADHD. So if you're someone with ADHD, there's a decent chance one of your parents has ADHD. So it's easy to say, well, I don't know, isn't that just sort of like how some people are? You know, my dad was like that or my mom was like that. Um, but, you know, I think, or alternatively, they're very aware of the fact that what they do is just sort of different from what other people are doing, but they can't necessarily, but they don't it's sort of attribute it to ADHD. So it's kind of like, you know, one of the early books on adult ADHD was just brilliantly titled, You Mean I'm Not Lazy, Stupid, or Crazy? Because pretty yep. much, if you don't have ADHD as a possible option for how to explain the symptoms of ADHD, that's kind of the stuff that you're left with, you know, none of which are, are particularly good. Um, so, you know, the symptoms are there, but they're explained in some other sort of a way. So part of getting a diagnosis of ADHD involves re-explaining some things. I mean, the symptoms don't change, the behaviors yep. don't change, but what does change is how you understand them. Like, oh, this is why. You know, it's not that I'm dumb, it's that it's hard for me to consistently apply my knowledge. That's why I did so well in this class that was harder, but so badly in that class that was easier, but by the way, a lot more boring. So, um, yes. you know, so being, so yeah. So we're at the epicenter of it. How do you get somebody to get it? Who, I think, I think by giving compelling explanations. So explanations that make sense, but that connect with their experience. You know, so it's not just some lecture on, you know, astronomy or something, but, but, you know, something that directly ties into their experience, the things that have happened in their life and the way that it happened in their life. Yeah. So Dr. Tuckman, this is, I, I love this. I know, I, 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 I don't know, but I got to believe people come to you all the time with their parents and they just, they want to get their kid to get it, their spouse to get it. That's the trick of it all. How do you get them to get it? Particularly kids. I mean, we've done a show, I guess North Carolina did a, a thing, uh, a survey years ago. Uh, they, of all the kids that had an IEP and a 504 plan in high school that went to college, only 22% of it took uh, advantage of disability services. And the hypothesis and conclusion is this crowd didn't want to need help. And so the real trick is how do you get somebody to want to get it or to get it to get help? And I don't know. Can you, can you, I mean, you can share that stuff, but sometimes isn't there a level of resistance where they just don't want to and actually pointed it out actually pushes them away. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, absolutely. You know, I think that there are two levels on this. Um, I think one of them is at the level of just sort of just plain old self-awareness, which I think is a bit more kind of neurological in that, you know, the reason why college kids don't get help is because they genuinely swear in a sack of Bibles, Your Honor, genuinely do not believe they need it. That, Or another way of putting it, and there's lots of good research that supports this, is that you know, they underestimate the extent of their ADHD symptoms and the impact that it's having on their life. So they think they're doing fine, and mom freaking out about it is sort of like much ado about nothing. So 
it's not that they're resistant to getting help. It's that they don't believe they need it. They don't see the purpose in it. So there's one level. Um, but, you know, I think there's a, the more kind of psychological level is for some people, particularly if they've already had a lifetime of, you know, kind of messing things up and being blamed for stuff, it, it can be hard, not that any of us like it, but it can be hard to admit fault in this way, you know, or to admit that you have a problem in quotes. Um, and it's sort of like, it can feel like, you know what, I have enough problems, I don't need one more without recognizing that this new explanation kind of covers all those other problems, you know what I mean, or a lot of them. Um, that it's sort of like the unifying explanation that brings all these other things together. Um, but it's an explanation that's actionable, you know, in the sense that if you know this is ADHD, we know there's a lot that you can do about it. Yeah. So when it kind of get to the, 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 the trick and the challenge is if they make the aha, they cross over that road, they're good because they're on that path. But the trick really is, is how do you, how do you get somebody to get it that might not be aware of it? They're not. And we started um, ADHD Awareness Month. Our first show was really kind of promoting the conference that's coming up um, um, in Philadelphia, the International Conference on ADHD. But ever since then, our first show of this month was really we were talking about negative forces that are there and trying to hit the reality. And we talked about looking at ADHD as a dopamine addiction, comparing it as addiction. And now here we are at the end, right where we started from in that first show. And to me, the reality of it is, is you can't get anybody to get it. Um, I, 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 I coached a, a man of the cloth at one point in time, and we were, we were, we had a lot of success and we got together uh, and never met him until the end. And we got together, we have a couple of cigars and he looked over and he says, you know, what you do and what I do is really kind of the same thing. We're basically trying to change how people look at the stuff. He says, I use the Bible and you can, you got, you can go further. And I go, wow, that's interesting. I never really thought about that because it's a lot of coaching attention or helping people using metaphors or lenses and stuff to see things differently. Then I said, would you, how can you convert somebody? He said, it's the worst thing you never tried. I go, what do you mean? He said, you can't, if you go up and you start talking to somebody to convert them, you're actually pushing them in the other direction. The more you talk, the more resistant they become. So here's the story that I want to tell. And we're going to go to break after this. I want to kind of come back because I think this is real. I get, I'm very selective if I'm coaching anybody that's in high school or, or college, and I, I usually screen them first, and I was coaching this girl, and we got on the phone, and she sounded serious, and she sounded like it, and so I started coaching her, and she was saying all the right things, but she wasn't activating it a while, and we got on the notion that she was relying on her memory to remember, and after right. about a month of coaching, you know, we stopped talking about it. She's relying on her memory to remember, and we talked about how she needs to write some things down and stuff like that, and at the end of a call one time, I go... So, okay, so we're going to write this stuff down, da, 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 da. And so I'm about ready to hang up. I said, hang on a second. Let me ask you a question. Did you write down what you're supposed to do? And she goes, oh, no, I guess I should do that, right? And I'm like scratching my head going, we've talked about this for a month. <laughs> I'm remembering this back. And so anyway, she missed another couple of calls, and I'm like, I'm not doing good. So long and short of this, she was over 18. And I said, listen, I don't think coaching is a priority for you. Maybe we should kind of wrap it up. So then I get a phone call from mom, and mom is livid. And uh, she wants to have – listen, I can't have a conversation unless your daughter you know, allows me to have it. So her daughter sends me an email, gives me free reign. So I get on a conference call with mom and dad, and I'm trying to explain 
you know, I'm going through and I'm trying to help her understand this and da, 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 da. And it's just not dawning on her. It's just not registering. And mom is getting really upset with me. Um, you know, we spent all this money. She wants her money back, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just kind of going on. And all of a sudden her husband takes over the phone and she goes, he goes, so what I'm hearing you say is she's been going through the motions, but she's not engaged in it. And I said, yeah, she's saying the right things, but it's just not registering with us. And he goes, I, God, I wish I would have met you eight years. You would have saved us tens of thousands of dollars in help. And in that moment, they begin to realize is that they wanted her to get it, and they had been sending her off to do this stuff, but she didn't really want to get it, so it really wasn't going anywhere. And I'm coming back around to this and bringing this on the table is sometimes you want them to get it. You can't force them to get it. Or as John Wilson says, you can take a horse to water. You can't make it drink. You can salt the hay to make them thirsty, but you still can't make them drink. Right. And this, and this awareness of help sometimes as people out there who love people with ADHD, you can love them and want them, but there's this, this thing that I'm anxious to crack the code, and I do think it's crossing from the intellectual side to the emotional side a little bit. How that happens, I don't necessarily know, but it seems to me that that's the trick. That's the trick. Yeah. So let's think about that a little bit. We'll come back after the break, and we'll kind of close this all out and have a fun discussion about that. Everyone, our secret word is AHA. Um, Dr. Tuckman's website is uh, – uh, adultadhdbook.com. With that, we'll be right back after these messages. You're listening to Attention Talk Radio. We'll return in a moment. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Change your life by learning more about managing ADHD. Other places give you a few tips. The ADD Coach Academy will change your life. To find out more, go to addca.com ATR. That's A-D-D-C-A dot com slash A-T-R. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit Timetimer.com and use the discount code A-T-R for 15% off. You can't go off to college with them, but we can. Visit edgefoundation.org to learn more how an edge coach can help your student reach their full potential. You can also call 206-632-9497 and use promo code EDGE and get a free college success guide. Could hiring an attention coach really help you move forward? (laughs) Does a child get wet when they dive into a swimming pool? You can get started moving forward today. Just call Dig Coaching Practice at 813-837-8084 and schedule a free consultation. Tell us you heard about us on Attention Talk Radio and get 50% off your discovery session. For more information, visit digcoaching.com. Don't delay, do it today. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody. We're here with Dr. Ari Tuckman, and we boiled it all down to getting people to get it. Uh, you can't be forced, I think. I don't know. Uh, but that's the trick now. Um, we've had a little bit of a break to think about this. Ari, what are your thoughts on this? So here's my first thought is, you know, so the, the parents of this young woman who it's like dad finally got it that she didn't get it, but let's point out who else wasn't getting it here, right? Mom and dad didn't get it. They kept persisting with this idea 
that the key to success is that our daughter get it and figure it out um, and then begin acting upon it. And, you know, the reason why I don't see teenagers only by themselves or even, frankly, young adults or college kids, especially the college kids where it didn't work out and now they're back home and they're hanging out in my office, um, is because often an important part of the work is not just the one-on-one with a teen or young adult, but it's also talking to the parents and what are they doing that isn't helpful and what can they do differently to facilitate the, you know, young person with ADHD doing a better job of things. And that sometimes what happens is that the parents' well-meaning efforts sort of interfere with the person with ADHD kind of getting it, you know, and this applies, I think, to romantic partners as well. But like the stereotypical example is the helicopter parent who rescues the kid with ADHD and the kid with ADHD is then blissfully unaware, except for the fact that their mom is annoying. Um, But they're kind of going along, you know, and they see the problem is mom is annoying and mom is the one who's suffering for their ADHD. You know what I mean? So, Often it's a matter of getting the family members, meaning the parents, or in the case of older folks, romantic partners, to kind of begin to step back, not in an angry way, not in an unsupportive way, but in a sort of wise and yet still caring way of, you know what, this can no longer be my problem. Like, you need to, this is for you to do. Like, do it and reap the rewards. Don't do it and reap the consequences. But like, this is yours. And that is when some of that awareness finally begins to kick in that like, oh, maybe this whole ADHD thing actually is a problem. So where we go back to something you said earlier, it's about the personal experience. I think I really think that you are onto something there. And I, mm-hmm. I've been doing a little bit of research. I've been art- articulating to really try to understand because I'm just a, I'd like to pay attention to attention. And, you know, I've been, I've finally been able to articulate in my mind is that, you know, an insight to sudden comprehension that takes place when you pay attention to something differently. But mindset is how your mind is set up to think. And I ran into some language that I think is kind of helpful for us to kind of look at this and really begin to understand the dynamics. And that is, it goes like this. Think of a mindset as a mental model or your version of science. All mindsets have anomalies that cannot be explained but are brushed aside as acceptable levels and can be ignored. Okay. It's when enough Mm -hmm. of those anomalies occur that can't be explained by the adopted mindset that throws you into crisis, your mental into crisis. So here's the deal. The important thing is you have these anomalies that you brush off. But the question is, is at what point in time do you see these anomalies and say, wait a second, there's really a problem here? Setting up your mind to change how you think, it doesn't take place without a significant amount of conflict. There's an intellectual battle that takes place to disprove the old model and for the ego to kind of accept that it's not there. Many people can't make that shift because they just simply resist or because their dependencies are on old theories. Now, I'm going to pause here for a second. I had a a private meeting with Dr. Barclay about two years ago at a conference, and I was talking to him about some other things, and he's been talking about ADHD as an executive functioning issue, and I was having a conversation with him about changing the name of ADHD, and he says, it's going to take a generation, Jeff, and at the time, I didn't really understand it, but when he first started talking about ADHD as an executive functioning and that there was really no definition back in 2011, 
and he used self-regulation as a means to do it. And he got up there and with seven different ways to prove that it's in the prefrontal cortex. He said, basically, it doesn't show up as an impairment as an executive functioning test. So either it's not an executive functioning or the tests are wrong. In that right. moment, you begin to realize there's a lot of people that resist because of their dependencies on old, on old theories. If you've got a teen that's comfortable with where they're going, what they're doing, they're comfortable with it. They don't want to throw themselves, so there's some resistance. I talked about the guy that I, I – of the cloth that didn't really want – you don't convert somebody because they just simply resist it. Because so at the end of the day, I really think a lot of what we are doing in helping people in this space is really help change their mindset. But the thing about it is we can we – can, we can salt the hay and we can take the horse to the water, but we can't make them see the anomalies where it makes that switch. And what I've learned from you today, Dr. Zuckman, is if you're on that intellectual side – they can reason it away, but how do you get them in that personal experience, which now I'm having a flood of ahas. How many people with ADHD all of a sudden started to clean their room and do some things when they got a girlfriend? All of a sudden it was personal, mm-hmm. and they stepped up to the plate. And so I think, I think really what I wanted to draw out of this, other than me, help define exactly what's going on here in the art of this. As a, as a loved one or a parent of somebody with ADHD, it's a real trick. Because you're trying to change their mindset, and you can't actually do that for them. And sometimes if you try too hard, you can actually push them away. This is not an easy answer, but I think it's the reality. So with all that being said, what are your thoughts on what I just described and what you've learned from the show? Um, yeah, I mean, I think that this is – I mean, this is, a, this is the big one, you know, as you as a coach, yes. me as a therapist, this – thing of like what causes change is a massively important question. There's been a lot of research behind it. And, you know, like this is the thing that matters. And, you know, it's, it's hard because, you know, for any of us as an individual, it's hard to know what direction to take, you know, that here you have this person that you're talking to, like, you know, you or me, who's saying, oh, this stuff sounds like ADHD, and let me explain why that is. Um, and yet, there are other people who've had other explanations about it. And, you know, I mean, just as a random coincidence, you know, I had my annual physical today. I was talking to my general practitioner, and, you know, he was kind of bemoaning some of the um, um, Lyme disease specialists in the area who use these really untested, severe treatments. And, you know, when my GP tried to dissuade a couple patients from doing it, he lost them as patients because they were, you know, like this Lyme specialist had convinced them that, no, this is the explanation for what you have going on. So, you know, we're always given explanations for what we do by the world around us. The challenge is to figure out which are the ones that make the most sense, but to change your explanations is sometimes disruptive. You know, it sometimes causes you to have to rethink a lot of other stuff and maybe change how you feel about yourself, change how you feel about some of the people around you. So, um, so it's not easy. Okay, so I, I, I refer back to the mindset being your, how your mind's set up to think, and I equate that to science. So back Years ago, they thought the Earth was the center of the universe, and Galileo goes, no, no, we were rotating around the sun. They threw the guy in jail. It took a generation. 
again, goes back to that. There was an, a lot of anomalies. He said, you can't explain, but this would explain it. And there was like this intense, explosive intellectual battle amongst the community. And finally, oh, yeah, the, the guy was right. Actually, we're spinning around in the middle of nowhere. Uh, Newton never said it. He implied that gravity pulls things to Earth. Einstein walks in, go, no, 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 space and time are curved. We proved it in 1919. The math was incredibly precise, but it still took a couple, like, I don't know, 10, 15 years before the, the scientific community said, oh, my God, that, that's right. And I think a lot at the end of the day, that's a lot of what we're doing because you said this, right, this is the big deal. This is the big aha. And the issue really is is shifting mindset. A person can actually resist it, um, and they actually have to be open to seeing those anomalies, and you can't necessarily force it. And so I think the, the beauty of the show is I've learned a lot because I do think you nailed it, doctor, um, at least for me right now in my explanation, is they have to be in the personal experience. There's got to be some type of emotion that comes to play. If not, it's just an intellectual argument that they're casting off. And if you're dealing with somebody in this space, there's no guarantee on this. It's difficult. But I do know this is if you try too hard, you push too hard, you're pushing them away. But at the same time, you can't necessarily do nothing. So I, I, I don't have any answers for you out there, but I just want you guys to know this is not a simple thing to do. Anything else yeah. to add? And that's, and I mean, that's the art, whether we're a helping professional, whether we're a romantic partner, a parent, a friend is, you know, it's, it's the pacing. It's that when do I say something and push versus when do I just sort of step back and let this person figure it out for themselves, you know, and there's no magic answer to that um, or there's no formula for it. It's really about, kind of feeling it in the moment. So it's yeah. very much, you know, it's way more art than science. Um, it, the, so, no, I, I agree with you 100%. The only, thing, the only thing I'll add to it is every once in a while, as much as you love them and as much as you care for them, as much as you don't want to hurt, sometimes you got to back up and just let the train wreck. And the faster they have the train wreck, the better it is because the longer it goes, the stakes get a little bit higher. And I know I'm a parent. Yep. I'm saying that. i got to tell you, there's been some times where I, I jumped in to try to help my kids, and I look back, I should have let the train wreck happen because they would have learned that lesson earlier and moved on. Yep. Which is yep. hard. So it is. All right. Dr. Tuckman, thank you so much for this series of show. I, I'm, I'm, I'm elated with our content for ADHD Awareness Month. For our listeners out there, I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you tuning in and making Attention Talk Radio happen. For those of you who don't know, Attention Talk Radio was born 10 years ago in two weeks from now, and the first show was with Ari Tuckman on the shout-out. I don't know if you remember that 10 years ago, Dr. Tuckman, but we were talking about disclosing the diagnosis of ADHD. It's been 10 years. There was actually some stuff wow. before that a little bit, but anyway, it's been a celebration. So uh, I hope you've enjoyed this edition of Attention Talk Radio. Ari, personally, thank you so much for coming on, and thanks for everything that you've contributed to my knowledge over the years. I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. Well, I always love these conversations, and it's just, I don't know, I think the conversations are better than either of us alone, so it's always a good time. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. I had my own aha today about the aha, so again, everybody, our (laughs) secret word is aha. Uh, Check out Ari's website at adultadhdbook.com, and with that, check us out next week for another great edition of Attention Talk Radio. Take care.